Good afternoon, Dr. Gary here. Name of our company is uh, Healthcare Practice Sales LLC. We are dental practice brokers. We're involved in the sale of dental practices and we put the buyer and seller together. We've been doing this for eight years now, 11 years, excuse me, and I was in practice, I had three practices, dental practice for 25 years. But for 11 years we're doing this, we have uh, eight employees and um, including two CPA accounts. So we're here to help you. All the information is for entertainment purposes. This is not business or legal advice. Anyway, so what's going on recently, in the last three weeks, two, three weeks, the seller had, you know, a practice that was high, pretty high gross, uh, you know, a few million dollars. And uh, he wanted two, at least two competing DSO, private equity groups, to compete against the price. He just didn't want one. So we brought two different ones in. And they each one came up with, uh, and this is a question. So the title of this segment is that sellers will often ask, do all the DSOs come up with similar values for my practice? And the answer is generally they're somewhat close. As you know, when they do the value, it's a factor of the EBITDA earnings before interest, before interest, taxes, depreciation, amortization. And they also, as you know, they have to factor back in the cost of, because uh, if the doctor worked at the practice before, they have to factor back paying somebody to perform his work unless it was 100% of absentee practice. So they'll pay somebody to do that work. And that gets factored in the EBITDA formula. Well, on the last deal, I think, um, the one DSO came up with about a 1.2 EBITDA, 1.2 million EBITDA. And the other EBITDA came up with like a 1.24. You know, they were relatively close. And I find that most of them will come up with similar EBITDAs. So when factoring, you know, when, when figuring out what your office is worth, you've got to figure, you got to get the answer. What is the EBITDA that you based my value on? Once they have that EBITDA, they will then do a factor of that EBITDA. It could be three, four, five, six times the EBITDA. On occasion, I've seen seven. Um, I actually saw one that was nine and a half, and that was really high. Actually, that company that was a it was a private equity company. They're not around anymore. They just paid they paid too much. They paid nine and a half, and it was they had trouble servicing that debt. Plus, they had other issues, of course, uh, going on. But getting back to it, so two companies will probably come up with EBITDA that's somewhat close. You've got to verify that. Now we have accountants on staff that could help you at least establish a baseline EBITDA. So when uh, one of the DSOs comes up with their dollar amount, we can at least advise you. There's no charge. And as you know, we're one of the few brokers that has uh, uh, the CPA accountants on staff, plus all of our other knowledge. There's so many moving parts of these deals. 50-page contract, it's the attorneys, it's the lease, and the landlord, and the landlord attorney goes on and on and on. But getting back to value, historically, the EBITDA for most of the DSOs will be somewhat close. And if it's not, you can question how they derived it. And also, it's the factor which may be different. 
the multiple of the EBITDA, which will be their offer price to you, is the real value. However, some of them will hold back a certain percentage, some 10%, some 15%. But there's others that will pay 100%, but they may not have post-closing equity. When they say they hold back, that money rolls into the company's, uh, uh, the DSO's comp uh, uh, stock, depending on if it's premium stock, and you've got to find this out, we're here to help you. Is that premium stock or a lower share stock? We can help you explain all that. But once again, when you hear the value uh, coming and their offer from the DSO, you've got to get into all the information about that. What is your holdback? And do you receive equity based on that holdback? And when does that equity being released? And what are the parameters upon which that uh, equity is released? Some of them have, we just have to maintain flatline revenues. Others have different formulas. So don't get, you know, it is a little tricky. So we'll go over that with you. So when getting an offer from a DSO, we can help you analyze it from all different aspects. How much is the holdback? What's the percent that they're gonna release each year? How many years are they gonna ask you to work? And also, what are they gonna be paying you as an employee? Generally 30 to 35%. That can vary also. And are they paying you on uh, collections, production, you know, or how are they paying you? So it's always good to know that. So there's a variety of ways in which the DSO companies will analyze your records and come up with the value. The EBITDA itself, somewhat close, we found on these last deal. They were somewhat close, so it was fair to both. Um, but then it's all the other factors that are involved uh, what's the, you know, the holdback money and what percentage am I going to get of company stock and what class stock is it? Premium shares or lower, lower tier shares? How long do I have to wait to get the money out? What am I going to be paid as an, a, uh, as an employee? What percentage am I paid on collections, production? What's going to happen with my staff? I mean, there's so many questions. And then we got to get into the whole thing with the, uh, the payout of the stock after you go to closing how long you have to stay on that's more complicated we can help you with all those things you know it's just challenging when you try to do all this yourself um and they pay our commission so we're here to help you all right i hope that was helpful we'll try to give more and more of these hints as time goes on thank you for listening bye now